And uh, just don't forget that we took a two-week break before this one. <laughs> two-week break? Two I mean, weeks. we didn't just record an episode of the podcast last week that... No. What? Nope. Uh-huh. No, at this point, you've already went on your uh, vacation. It's two weeks later, and the world's in a different do spot, want, Aaron. Do you want to ask me questions about the vacation that I definitely just got back from? Yeah. How was it? Did you have fun? I had a, had a great time, um, except for the terrible tragedy that we all know occurred at Disney World while I was there. Yep. Last week. I had to put that in the universe. <laughs> We don't want to. We don't want to speak too much about it, but uh, uh, just an awful tra- thoughts and prayers to all of the goofy mascots that lost their lives. I'm just glad um, that I'm just glad that you made it out. And then, after long negotiations with the F uh, with the FBI, they let you go, realizing that you weren't an actual goofy actor. So it was close. right. Exactly. I thought you close. know. I thought dressing up like Goofy and setting off the largest fireworks display. Uh, ever conceived in the state of florida would be would be a good idea for the 50th anniversary of disney but uh, unfortunately the other goofs were not too happy with me no so uh, the goof union came after you pretty hard pretty hard i don't think i'll be i don't think i'll be welcome back in um i don't think i'll ever be allowed to wear a a full body costume again nothing that has a head that obscures my face definitely unfortunately that's part of your parole Um, yeah, that's true. I am I am recording this with an ankle monitoring bracelet on. Um, but what a way to start season three. No, season four. Season four. What a great way to start season four. Welcome well, back, what everybody. To, what a way to start season four is what I said. Well, after the move of. <laughs> what a great way to start season four of at the movies. The show where we talk about movies <laughs> and directors. We're uh, we're talking about John Carpenter and Stanley Kubrick this season, um, and with the release of Halloween Kills quickly, uh, quickly forthcoming, we had to talk. We had to start with Halloween. I have Just to. Had to. And you can look forward to a review of Halloween Kills this Thursday. Um, but today it's all about the OG, the one that started it all. Um, and I just have a lot of questions for you about this one because we don't, you know, we've been watching movies together for a while, but I don't know. You know, I'm a horror guy. I don't know that we've talked that much about John Carpenter or Halloween in particular. Um, so I want to know just like, you know, what background you have with John Carpenter, if there is any, uh, along with. Do you have any memories of Halloween? I believe you said you'd seen this before. Mm-hmm. Do you have any relationship with it or, or how, you know, what going into this, what were your expectations? Oh, I mean, the same as any time we watch a movie uh, that I watch, like whenever there's been like five to six year gap between when I watched it. I know that I watched it once with my mom uh, when I was younger. She's the one that got me into like horror, horror films, like watching like Alfred Hitchcock stuff and things all like that. So I watched this film with my mom when I was younger. And I remember it like being pretty scary as a kid, like, you know, definitely like I thought the music and the score and the way that it was shot. I remember being really scared about it. But this time around, when I watched it, wasn't scared, wasn't scared at all, really. Um, 
but still definitely I think I appreciate the cinematography a little bit more. I think they took some pretty big risks and I feel like they paid off. They did a lot of work with like the lens and putting it like over stuff like uh, with the mask and then kind of like that grid pattern and different ways that they moved around. So I'd say absolute success uh, with the cinema, uh, with the cinematography to work on it. But other than that, you know, it was, it was the same film that I watched years ago. Nothing really changed. It still held up. I still, um, appreciate the film. It didn't start, it didn't starship troopers me where, I left like being like being like, oh, I can't believe I actually like this film. It stands up the test of time. I think anybody that's a real like movie fan or anything like that just comes along and appreciates this film. So stayed the same with me. Do you think not, you know, not being as afraid of it now? Do you think that's because we've grown up and seen so many mm-hmm. horror movies that like ironically have built off of this kind of, you know, foundation of, of what horror is. Do you think it just is a little bit more like tame? Yeah. I just think that I'm more numb to it now, I think is what happened. I think after probably 20 years, I mean, I definitely watched it probably maybe in my teenage years again too, but I figured when I was a kid, you know, watching this, you know, we're talking like 22, 20 years ago at this point, and all of the films that I've seen, all of the new horror films, all of the stuff I've seen throughout my life now, I'm definitely a lot more numb to these kind of films yeah. like than I was as like a 10-year-old boy, 11-year-old boy. That's fair. I think, um, you know, I don't really have many memories of this movie. I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I do remember watching this during a period in my life, probably in like middle school, where... I struggled with movies that were from like the seventies because it was like too old. Like at that, at that age for me, it was like hard to relate to, you know, where we really get a lot from movies that were older. Um, and this was like a notable exception. I remember watching this and thinking afterwards, like, wow, that, I can't believe how good that was for how old it was. Um, and so that stuck with me for a long time. And then I don't think I had reseen it. Uh, and for, Years rewatched it for years, um, and I did. I purchased a ten pack of the Halloween films a couple of years ago that has all of them, and I became nice. a big old fran- franchise head. And um, I mean, even beyond this, Friday the Thirteenth and all kinds of stuff. But um, this is, I think, uh, this this isn't like a not a five star mo movie. No. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's about as perfect as a slasher movie can be. Um, and I think that it is kind of one of those things where it's like, not like you said, um, it is hard to imagine watching this for the first time now because of how much we have. Yeah, uh, I think it'd be hard. I think it'd be very hard for somebody that didn't see this. Like, if this wasn't one of the first horror movies that you saw in uh, your life, I think you're going to have a hard time going back and watching this if you've already been in, like, a horror fan. If for some strange reason you've made it this far without watching this film, I don't think you're going to enjoy it as much as we did. So, uh, I guess that's my yeah, only I'd, thing. I'm not really sure. I'd recommend, it, I'd recommend it for horror fans, and I'd recommend it for film fans. But if this is something that you're on the fence about, I don't think it's going to, like, really blow your mind or anything. Um, that being said, it is just, like, a perfect way to start the, the Carpenter uh, section of our season because there is so much here that I think 
prizes what makes him such a good director. And it's more than just the direction. It is like a Carpenter film has a specific look, a specific atmosphere is like big in this movie, um, a specific sound because he does the score for a lot of his films. And this is mm-hmm. definitely a highlight of this movie. Um, there's a lot of things that you see in this movie that you will go on to see kind of grow and evolve in Carpenter films. Um, so it's really, really interesting for that reason. Uh, and I think it's interesting for the reason of like Michael Myers is one of the big four baddies. Yep. You got Jason, you got Michael, you got uh, Freddie, and then you have like Chucky and other face are kind of a road there. One of them is benched and the other one's playing. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see where that, to see that think about this being the first time that that exists. Yeah, like, like this for, is your... Watch the birth of that into the universe, mm-hmm. you know? Start of something. I figure um, that's almost is, coming is... up on 50 years now. Almost 50 years ago at this point, which is crazy to yeah. think about. Crazy to think about the birth of these films. They're coming up on their, well, some on their 50-year anniversaries, which is very interesting. So the stuff that works, I, I would say, like, uh, you know, when we talk about, like, you know, because I love this movie. And, I, and like, like I said, I, I'm not saying it's like a five-star film but i think in slasher terms and for as somebody who just loves horror i think it's just a, a great film um i think you could make so an argument like, that it's like definitely not a five-star film now in today's standards but i think for 1978 like this is probably like for something i want to talk on later w- which i will is just the budget that they worked with with this film is just mind-blowing to me um so oh. definitely four out of the time hi absolutely I think the biggest problem anyone would have with it is the uh, it, it, the pacing. I mean, it is it is a slower build of a film. Mm. A lot of the killing takes place in that last half hour. Um, that and, and and the first hour really focuses on that atmosphere and and have to you have to enjoy that. Some movies do that well. Some movies don't. But I, I think what works for me about this one is the idea of a small town on Halloween. It it feels like a fall day. It's cozy to watch. Um, You are watching these high schools. Like, I I feel like watching this, I feel like I can have literally like sensory memories of being in high school on a fall day and like walking around knowing that like Halloween's around the corner. Um, It feels very, that, that part of it feels very real to me. Know. I agree, um, and I enjoy I enjoy spending time with those characters. So for me, it's not much of an issue. But I think people looking for more of a faster paced horror experience, that's probably where a lot of their their problems would lie. Yeah, know? I don't think it's definitely it's definitely nobody's going to accuse how this film as being fast paced. That's for sure. That's not going to happen. Nobody's going to be like, "Wow, this film just flew by." But the the things that work for me uh, really work. The the first person. Uh, Michael Myers shots. This is the first movie to do that. Uh, well, I lie. I, there may be some Hitchcock stuff. There may be a psycho connection there. I would have to fact check. But this set the tone for slashers moving forward. So in the first Friday the 13th film, which the writers, and I love that movie. I love Friday the 13th. Uh, the writers of that film have admitted they saw Halloween, and they literally, after they saw it in theaters, said like, we can make a ton of money. Let's make a Halloween ripoff. 
And that's what they did. And, and um, you know, so that, that sets the tone. I think it's super effective. Um, I like that when we see young Michael Myers kill his sister in the beginning of the film, he he's looking through a mask and he like looks at his hand as he's like doing the stabbing. And to me, it feels like almost like he does not know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like he's just like something else is like controlling his body. And he's just like in shock of like what's happening. Um, And that character does, you know, grow into this thing. We hear Dr. Loomis say like, he's, you know, the embodiment of evil. And like, he hasn't spoken in 30 years and, it's like dog. They find like a dog that he ate. <laughs> like yeah, that dog's stuff- very quick. That dog gets killed very quickly. Yeah, it's it feels very much like. Uh, and this is a thing John Carpenter's talked about. Um, if you watch Rob Zombie's Halloween, mixed opinions on that. Um, but his thing was, I want to make Michael Myers human, and I'm going to show the first half of his film. I'm going to show him, you know, as a human being, as a child. And John Carpenter's thing was, I want to create this mysterious, you know, mm-hmm. uh, force of evil, this yeah. force of nature that there's no real reason why he is the way he is. He just is. Very different you know? takes on things for sure. I actually liked Rob Zombie's Halloween, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm not sure if I'm misremembering, but I think that I overall enjoyed it. I like about half of the first one. The take on him being like a human being is interesting. I like the actor that plays young Michael. Um, and I don't have a huge problem with Rob Zombie's like grindhouse movie making kind of thing. But for Halloween movie, I do, I do hate that like the characters in the Rob Zombie movie will be like, I'm going to skull fuck the shit out of you. Mm. Like it's very extremely over the top crass like. Yeah, because that's just what he does. Yeah, I think when I was watching those films, like most of the Rob Zombie films, I think I was like coming into my teenage years. So I think I appreciated them a little bit more than even if I watched them now versus like younger. I think it's like, you know, when you're talking, you're a teenager and you're finding you're like, oh, I'm going to be an adult soon. Like those films, I think, kind of speak to you a little bit more than like they would now. It's like a 30 year old man. But I, I I have the same memory. It's funny because I was I would have been in seventh grade, I think, probably eighth grade when that movie came out. Excuse me. And um, it was at the time what I thought horror was supposed to be. It was like this is the you know like everyone that who I knew who saw it was like this is the goriest movie you'll ever see. And you're like you're like I gotta see this movie and like you know it's. Michael Myers like pounding people's faces into pulp and mm. like really intense crazy stuff, which again is it's it's its own choice, it's its own aesthetic, and hats off to Rob Zombie for doing his thing. It's the kind of thing where I think maybe that would work better for like a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something, as opposed to you know this movie is is extremely again we say tame, it makes it sound like lame. But it is the, you know, it is relatively bloodless. Um, it is very much like it, it's it, it's built upon fear of the unknown and fear of the dark. And mm. it's not the kind of movie that is, you know, in your face. A well, lot. These, it is a lot of. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying like Ramble. these like these movies, like this one in particular, had a walk before everybody else could run. 
like for sure like it's definitely Absolutely. like during all that time like if you showed i would like i wish that there was a way to show like kind of like a slasher film now and how gory and how bloody and just how absurd things are to show that to somebody that just watched halloween for the first time in 1978 like yeah. i would just i would just love to see like that difference because you couldn't have shown something like from uh today back then you would have been like that would have been like it would have well, been like the yeah i i so i agree with you except for the fact that like grindhouse movies did exist but they were only shown in like mm -hmm theaters you know yeah. like like you know you would have to seek them out to find yeah. them and you would never be able to show it in like a mainstream you know movie yeah. theater um so i yeah i think that's interesting and and for me uh, the stuff that is supposed to be creepy in this movie i think still i watched i turned off my lights to get the mood going and a drink and there are parts of this movie that i still think are just like if it's not scary it's just very cool uh, like yeah. the, the, my favorite shot of the movie, and I'm sure a lot of people's favorite shot is the shot of Lori. She thinks that she's killed Michael. She stabs him with the um, the hanger, mm. and she thinks that he's dead. And she's sitting, looking away from him by the the door frame, and he just silently sits up in the back. Uh, and I think that that shot, so cool, and still so cool, um, and so like surprising. Um, was watching a i found a great twitter thing well actually we'll link it in the video description and and um and in the episode description but i found a great twitter uh video that was a recording of the audio of an audience in 1978 watching halloween for the first time oh wow it's it's that scene and you hear people losing their minds when he sits back up and then uh, dr loomis shoots him and everyone's kind of like cheering and stuff there's a line about was that the boogeyman and stuff and then dr loomis looks over the edge and he's gone and the audience is just like gasping because mm -hmm. they can't believe that he's gone it's such a pure thing to to listen to That's you know cool. it makes you really yeah yeah it's, it's very cool very cool that's awesome no i think what's crazy though about this film is we talk about like a lot of success that this film had in one of you know carpenter's early films like just the fact that like reading about it and how hard it was to cast out this film for a budget of $300,000 and how many people like, you know, especially for like Loomis there and everybody just that they wanted to have or different cast members that they wanted to, but they just couldn't because of budget reasons. And then to see like what this film went on to be and how much money this like franchise has brought in is just crazy. It's just crazy to think about. Absolutely. And, and and it makes, you know, you and I went to the Halloween store when we were out filming uh, and we picked up some masks that we liked. And just the we've talked about this before. We talked about this a lot during our independent features season, but it makes you want to uh, make a movie it, yep. like like the fact that they went out and bought a William Shatner mask, spray painted it white and it became this iconic. Hi, Rip became this like iconic face you know the the of horror that's lasted a new halloween movie comes out next week you know like it's that's insane to me that's mm -hmm. so crazy and the the suit is just a mechanic suit you know um somehow it's this perfect storm of things coming together to make a, a franchise that lasts you know yeah you gotta love it um, 
It's it's great. I did you catch the uh, irony of what they were watching at Halloween? I don't think so. They the kids are watching the original The Thing. Oh, okay. TV. Nice. Uh, which is cool. And I don't know. I mean, like it seems like it would maybe be too early for him to know he was going to direct that. Honestly, but I I could be wrong. I don't really know, but. Uh, I thought that was just it a, depends certain things happen quick and certain search. things like you know he could have been contra you know, I don't know who knows how things work some things are done quickly some things are done you know before you know he might have already agreed to it before they even shot shot Halloween here so it was yeah it was it looks like it was 1982 um so there would have been a four-year difference mm-hmm. I'm looking to see what films were in between because if that was his next film then there it's very possible that he did know about it um and it looks like yeah there's a couple of things in between here yeah he did the fog and escape from new york before that so i'm i'm gonna reckon that he didn't that he didn't know just kind of one of those um, like uh coincidence like happy little coincidence yeah. that happened there it's pretty neat wink and a nod to probably a, a film that he grew up watching and uh, had the opportunity, you know, later on to to redevelop. Um, yeah, so uh, this movie it just lays so much groundwork, and like I, you know, I don't. It's, I'm so torn because I don't. I don't want to be down on it at all. Like I, re- I personally, I recommend this film. Um, I love it. It's a comfort movie for me. It's a very. It's an annual rewatch. It's very cozy. It's a great movie. I can understand where some modern audiences might um, might need it to be a little quicker. Yeah, it might you know default. And if you're and if you're like that, no shame. That's fine. Everybody's got a different taste. I would recommend, especially with Halloween Kills coming out, check out Halloween 2018. Don't worry about the Rob Zombie ones. They were their own little contained two pack thing. The second one is legitimately one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I don't Just know if watch I watched Hall- the second one. We might have to do. We've been talking about uh, stretching the show out some different uh, areas, and someday if we ever cover Jimmy and Aaron's worst of the worst, we may have to watch Halloween too, begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would recommend 2018, and this is something I I want to get into briefly as well. You, I think you said that you have seen that, if you, if you remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I enjoy that movie. Um, it is. So not perfect, but it is a lot of fun, and I think it captures the spirit of the original pretty well. Yeah, I think. Um, I think I'm pretty up to date with the Halloween films. Actually. Written by Danny McBride, none other than Danny McBride, who I'm not um, a big fan of, but I think he did all right with this film. For sure, it was. Uh, it's the first, I think, serious thing I've actually seen him do. Um, directed by David Gordon Green, and if you watch our show. Uh, you've heard us talk about it before. The last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, this will have happened already, mm-hmm. but you can go on Shutter and you can watch it. Uh, this Saturday, this Friday, excuse me. Uh, Joe Bob's Halloween Hoedown, and the special guests are in fact Jason Bloom and David Gordon Green talking about Halloween Kills. So we may show Halloween uh, until the 2018 version on the show. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but. Um, Regardless, you should check out Halloween 2018 before our review of Halloween Kills this week. And uh, I am have high hopes. Have you seen the trailer for Halloween Kills? I have not. Okay. But didn't it be interesting? 
You think you're gonna watch it, or you think you're gonna wait? Watch it when? I know I'm gonna watch it. I mean the the trailer. Oh, I don't know. I might I might wait because it might be cool that you would watch the trailer and I didn't, and then we can talk about kind of like our expectations going into it. That might be the best. Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. Um, the the thing that everyone's talking about is that John Carpenter, who scored, he produced and scored the 2018 film, this film as well said that he's calling it a super slasher and he said that the body count is 10 times higher than any of the other Halloween films. So that's what everyone's really excited about. It's interesting too because I believe Jamie Lee Curtis is quoted to say that like longtime fans of Halloween will not be happy with a, a certain scene and I'm interested to see what she means by that. Well, I do know I have been reading there are flashbacks to the original Halloween film they used I don't know if they used actors I don't know if they used some CGI what it was but interestingly enough the reactions I've read have been very positive about the way that they use that Good. so awesome. I'll, I'll be very curious um, I, I do want to bring up we did talk about how the kills were bloodless in this though but man I'll tell you what it's still the one part of the film that gives me the heebie-jeebies to this day is the uh is it Paul or is it the other? It's the uh, the kid that he kills by nailing him to the door with a knife. Oh yeah, I don't know, but that is that is such a gnarly kid. Again, re- relatively bloodless, but the idea, like the the shot of his feet, like just not hitting the ground, mm. uh, and just realizing that like the knife is stabbing him through the door. I mean, so hard that he's staying there. It's lifting his body weight. That always stuck with me from the first time I watched it until now. Wasn't the dog killing pretty... Bl- wasn't there some blood with the dog killing, if I'm not mistaken? Like, when you first see that, isn't there blood around the dog? I don't know, because it was... Uh, I was actually curious about that. I was wearing my glasses and Because it's really dark. I know it's really copied. dark when that happens. It's very dark. But I could have sworn I remember seeing blood around the dog. I'm not sure. We could probably be mistaken. It's something to look up to. Let us know in the comments if uh, you know that. Yeah. I'd appreciate that. It. Uh, it's funny. That makes me think of um, Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers, a terrible, a terrible guilty pleasure of mine. I love that movie. It's, it's truly very bad. Paul Rudd stars in it, but there's a scene where the uh, some, somebody's, somebody's dead body ends up in a tree and it's dripping. And some girl goes, mommy, it's raining red. <laughs> that is a pretty bad line that's not the best line that i've no, ever heard it's not um it's a fun movie it's it's very bad but it's a lot of fun so do you have anything else you want to talk about halloween the original no i'm just happy that we're kind of like i'm you know it was it it was a really good time doing now uh, the independent films but it's nice that we're going back to like kind of comparing and contrasting these uh directors and kind of we're doing the same for kubrick too which is nice we're kind of like kind of going in order uh from like so we're gonna see them grow throughout the season which i'm extremely extremely excited about um because the same thing that with kubrick and carpenter like the way their films just like explode from here is pretty uh is going to be interesting to talk about so i'm just really excited for season four super excited for it myself as well all right everybody uh we would 
it's that time of the show that we thank our Patreon members. If you'd like to join them, go to patreon.com slash Lomo Media. As low as $3 a month, less than a cup of coffee, gets you to support everything that we do here at Lomo Media. And you can join Tyler Buckley and Dylan Painter as our Patreon members. So welcome, Tyler Buckley, to our Patreon. Appreciate you. Appreciate, thank you. I appreciate the both of you. Uh, once again, if you'd like to join them, patreon.com slash Lomo Media. Great season to do it, too, because if we're going to watch party some of these movies, you get a few real long ones with uh, with Kubrick, and you get uh, Eyes Wide Shut. We can have a whole Eyes Wide Shut party in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, wear your Mardi Gras masks and nothing else. <laughs> and nothing else. Not allowed to. <laughs> um, coming up, we've got our review of Halloween Kills this Thursday, so join us for that. And next week, we will be watching Stanley Kubrick's The Killing, followed by our hotly anticipated by us a review of the many saints of newark the sopranos a soprano story mm-hmm. they call it um and that will be our after the movies for the week so lots of great stuff coming up this season uh stay with us let us know what you think of halloween um yeah if you want to actually leave a i'll leave my own ranking in the comments leave a ranking of the halloween films leave your ranking of the halloween films i'd love to see how other people uh yeah the thoughts are so love to see it all right guys thank you so much for watching and we will see you uh in a couple days see you later